This is the Sons of Thunder podcast. We have a great one in store for you. We have two fantastic guests, Greg Ebacher, David Cushing. We're missing the other two sons today, but Sean and I are in awe at the magnanimity just emanating from these men. And I hope you can glean as much as we did from this conversation. God bless. Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness. Welcome back to the Sons of Thunder podcast. You got Sean and... Just John today. Just John. But... Our table is still full, and we are feeling mirthful. We got two great gentlemen with us on this nice March evening. We got Greg Ebacher and David Cushing, good friends of mine, great brothers. Uh, we've been walking together in the Dangerous Men group for, gosh, it's been like three, four months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So we meet in Joel's place. It's a great um Stub Hub location, <laughs> Etsy. He's got it all going He's on. He's got Etsy. He's got Christmas trees. Does he do Etsy? Probably. Joel's place is actually... Um, oh, Joel. Yeah, but it's yeah. not so much a residential location anymore as it is. It's almost commercial. Mm. Well, didn't he... Does any Airbnb a room? <laughs> <laughs> Probably to his brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he was telling me about how he Airbnb'd a room when he lived in uh, Dinky Town. <laughs> it was That's just smart. the best. It's his room. Joel's yeah. like, oh, just sleep on the floor. It's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, a, he's a good guy. <laughs> we, we were thinking of having John. Introduce your guys. Come on. No, uh, sure, yeah. sure. Well, how much of an introduction are we giving here? No Give time. Give an intro. Right. Well, okay. should we ask questions or? Oh, yeah. Well, let's do a little lightning. Lightning round. Mm, okay. Right. And both you guys answer. Uh, Shango. Um... Where was the first place that you went out of the country? Like first destination? I Mexico. went to yeah, went to Mexico. Mexico to, to mission trip. Mission trip. Yeah, nice. I don't know. We weren't together. <laughs> it was when we knew each other that I went. But this was grade school. Yeah, this was grade school. We went for a church mission trip. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I went on vacation. My fifth grade year maybe wow that's early it you was didn't take yeah. me I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like probably the worst traveling i've ever experienced in my life too um, yes yeah. it, it was it was terrible did you get like uh montezuma's revenge yeah. or whatever that <laughs> no, was unfortunately no, not <laughs> emptying good. your bowels you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but we like our flight got delayed for like five hours and then when it was finally time to take off they kicked us off the flight and so we got to the airport at like 5 a.m and we didn't leave the Chicago here until like <laughs> 1 p.m. Oh and we my. got to Mexico at like 8 and, you know, fifth grade. And my sister was third grade and fourth, second grade. Oh, we were a nightmare. My, oh, I, my yeah. poor parents. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the last time my uh, my family's ever flown out of the country, really. Seriously. Yeah. Scarred. That's yeah. surprising. Up, up until this last <laughs> couple weeks, couple months ago. Yeah, I went we went to, to Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. I had a terrible traveling story when I went to the Dominican Republic. It was with a baseball team. Cool. Um, yeah, it was super cool. It was awesome. We went down there to do some outreach and stuff. Um, but I got checked three times by security <laughs> where they took everything out of my bags. So it was when I did my check bag, yeah. they unzipped everything and took everything out right then and there at like the kiosk station at the front of the airport. 
Um, I got checked again going through security, so then they ripped apart my carry-on bag. And then going onto the plane, they stopped me again and w- went through my carry-on bag. <laughs> was again. this in Dominican or in the U.S.? Uh, this was going from Florida to the Dominican. Oh, jeez, Just you? Yeah. Just this 15 <laughs> You just looked kid. like a drug dealer I or something. <laughs> yeah, I must have looked scary. And my coaches were pissed. This, they is were like, just, this is just bat resin, okay? Don't look closely. <laughs> yeah, do not. <laughs> That's crazy. And I was nuts. And I just, I was terrified that after that I'd be marked like for life like oh yeah this guy's a terrorist like check him every time yeah TSA is such a joke it is I went through TSA recently and they have this new machine where it's not even the Mm -hmm. thing that goes around you it's literally they just like it looks you just hold your hands up and it just and then it's really weird they have a new machine you know where you usually go into that thing and, yeah. and you stand and you have your hands up and then that thing goes around you? It's not that anymore. You literally just stand in front of this screen and then it just somehow checks you. I don't know what I think about that. I've seen stuff on the internet. I don't know the validity of it, but it's like the picture they see is, you know, is your whole body. Really? They can really? see the human form. Wow, the Michelangelo style. (laughs) They can see David. (laughs) Uh, Go back in, please. (laughs) Is it just one screen in front of you? Yeah. So what if you have stuff behind you? I don't know. (laughs) I really do not know. I was like, "Is that it?" And they were like, "Oh yeah, you're good. Go ahead." There was um, yeah, yeah. weird. It is. Just give the ocular pat down. You're good. Yeah. (laughs) It is. Yeah. It is. I went through. In Minneapolis, they, they do the dog check, and that's so mm-hmm. funny. They like what, you, the dogs literally do yeah. a circle around every single person too. Wow! Yeah, it's it's crazy what they're doing now. Some, now that it's like weed is legal in some states, and dude, MSP jumping off the back of um, our conversation we were having earlier off the record pre podcast. It's a hub for not only sex trafficking but right. hard drugs into the Middle East and different parts of the country oh, and which nations. is mind blowing. Like oh yeah. This little you know, it's just a little kind of provincial airport. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. it's a small it's it's a small city relative to the rest of the United States and the big cities in the United States. Like Dave and I are both um, born in Chicago, grew Ooh. up there and uh-huh. and like from what I understand there's there isn't a much sex trafficking at least. But up here it's like that's the huge huge it's, it's horrible. Well, back yeah. when they had the Super Bowl here, that was a big thing that they were, oh, yeah. it was like a year in advance, they started putting out warnings like, hey, be ready for this. Like, yeah. here are warning signs, like women in the cities, seriously be careful when, when everybody comes down for the Super Bowl. So yeah. it was a yeah. big thing. Yeah, yeah it's scary. That's so scary. Evil. Predators make me so angry. I know. Um, Good lightning round. That was like yeah, the one question. Lightning. <laughs> yeah, John, what do you got for us? Um, hardest workout you've ever done? Do you know the time and place? Did you vomit? Go. Uh, I did not vomit, but I do remember the time and place. I was in high school, um, and it was my s- sophomore year for baseball. And at Minnetonka, you don't go on a spring break. You just do two days for baseball the entire <laughs> oh. spring break. Um, and our coach decided to make it extra fun, and he brought in the Marines to run us through a workout. <laughs> um, so I'd say intensity-wise, like if I did it now, it probably wouldn't be the hardest workout ever. But as a 16-year-old kid in high school, I died. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and they had us do... An ammo, or they started us off with an 880 meter run, and so just two laps around the track. This was early March, by the way, in, in Minnesota, and they had us running outside. And so we did two laps around the track. We came in, we did an ammo press uh, for time, and then we ran through an obstacle course, part of which you had to carry someone who was around your weight. 
you know, I'm a big dude. Uh, back in high school, though, I wasn't that strong. And so I was carrying this huge dude on my back and just dying. Um, I, I couldn't do that now. No, it, it was brutal. It was like a legit workout they did in the Marines. And yeah. um, I remember at one point during the ammo press, I blacked out. Like I was on like rep 30 and then I... And then I stopped because the whistle blew and I was like, wait, where am I? Yeah. And I was like 90 something reps and it was like, geez, that was just All right. That's worst. a pretty high that bar. That is pretty bad. <laughs> Did you black out at your uh, hardest yeah. workout grade? Uh, I'm trying to think. Like I, I was coming up with a bunch of them that I could list here. Yeah. Because, um, you know, different kinds of workouts, different things. Like I've had some really tough jiu-jitsu sessions, some really tough football practices, really tough weightlifting things. They're all kind of different forms of fitness, you know? Yeah. But I think the one that, that came to mind, and, and I'm not soft, so I didn't feel... Uh, I didn't <laughs> oh. <like> oh. <laughs> oh. And David and I have a running uh, <laughs> rivalry, maybe? I don't know. I wouldn't say it's much of a rivalry. It's pretty <laughs> one-sided. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? It's, uh, it, this thing dates back a long time, but we'll probably talk about that as the night goes on. But um, I would say... Yeah, so sophomore year of high school, going into my sophomore year, we had this coach named Scott Tumulty, who is one of the toughest, grittiest individuals ever. Um, and it was a week in Chicago where it was the record heat. Like, I don't think we've had five hotter days in the history of the state of Illinois. Um, and we have this big field house in my high school, and it gets super hot because there's no air conditioning in there. So it was like 110 degrees on the outside and oh we gosh. ran through a lift on the inside where we squatted, um, cleaned, um, did some prowler pushes, and, you know, just got after it with your legs. And while I was in there, like I, I it was multiple different points where I felt like I was going to black out of yeah. heat exhaustion. Um, and then we got outside and then we were going to run conditioning. <laughs> and um, when I walked outside, the it was a relief of cool air at 110 <laughs> degrees. Like it was, Breezy. it was nuts. And then, um, so we went onto the field and coach told he has this affinity for this, uh, these sprints called Pittsburgh's. And I mean, I've never done anything that's made me more of a man in my life. It's like the hardest thing ever. And this explains a lot for it's <laughs> 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 quick. I, I would love to see David try to run a Pittsburgh right now. <laughs> it's four is four by four hundreds. And, um, so you run like two lengths of the football field yeah. and, um, oh, man, in that heat after lifting legs, like I've never been more exhausted in my entire life, but it was, that was, that made me a much better man. And, and I, I was awesome, man. It was awesome. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like those experiences, yeah. I, I don't regret them at all. No, d- like, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Those are crazy. How about you, Sean? Football. I remember, problems. no, this one basketball. I played on this um, basketball team. Our team name was called the Village, and That's dirty. and me and <laughs> me and my friend were the only white people on it, and so it was awesome. Like I got a very good taste of inner city basketball, mm. super run and gun. But our coach, yeah. our coach, um, <clears throat> just he's an awesome coach. He was really good, but he he wanted to condition us for some reason, and so he got these things that have bands. So you wear these wrist these wristbands, and then you have a waistband, and then you have mm. um, ankle bands, and then there's elastic that goes from everywhere, you know, from your waist mm-hmm. to your hands, mm-hmm. and and so he had us going for like two hours. We would have to, you know, we would have to like, you know, um, 
like shuffle across like three courts, you know, and then just run around. We were jogging and then we're doing presses. And I think like two of the kids just quit, like literally (laughs) quit the team. (laughs) Like these kids, like, like halfway through, they're like, I'm going home. Like literally quit. And me and this, this kid are the only white guys. And our coach was just like dogging us so hard. He's like, Oh, the white boy's going to quit now. And like, he was just going at us and we were like, Oh, okay. We're not quitting at all. So brings racial tension into it. Oh yeah. He was, he was trying to get us to quit. I think he was trying to get us, me and my friend to quit. Right. Yeah. We were just the outliers, but we didn't, we, uh, we made it through and that Absolutely. was just, I remember taking off those bands and literally feeling like I was floating yeah. <laughs> because it was just so like the resistance training, mm-hmm. like you don't think it's that difficult, but it's, it's tough when you do those repetitions and you're just doing these things constantly. Yeah. So it was, it was tough. It was very tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I could list off you know, more than my 10 fingers of the times Greg has put me through the ring this summer. (laughs) And I'm like, every time you just be like, yeah, this is nothing. But if we're going along, you know, past historical experiences, we had this game, I think it was my freshman year of high school. We won. It it was like against a really pathetic team, like probably Litchfield. Sorry, Litchfield, but you guys are terrible at hockey. We, like, we, we had a, a win, and we drove. It's like 45 minutes away. We get back. It's 10 o'clock at night, and we're all in high school. So like our parents are waiting for us. And we had this incredibly sadistic coach. Like the dude was, he's right up with Pete Buttigieg, level of sociopathic. And we're getting to politics in a minute. He just like sat us down on the bus and we like, you know, we have pizza afterwards and some of us are kind of shooting the shit like, yeah, we won. Like, that was embarrassing. Put your pads back on guys. We're going to skate. And it, it was, he wanted to LARP. It as, was a miracle moment. Yeah. yeah he think wanted he to, like for uh, sure, <laughs> man, the guys again, <laughs> we did that. And I remember vomiting twice. Cause as a, oh, a goalie, a goalie yeah. Yeah. and so we're just running killers on the ice and the guys sitting on the bench just again, again, and like people are barfing on the sides. I'm sure there was. Why some, did he do that? That's awesome. It was a, like that's a. That's no. a he did it for himself. I feel. Oh, like. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. just a weird like, flex. I am herb. Yes. <laughs> Dude, that's a thing for high school coaches, man. Oh yeah, they. Uh, a lot of them have got some some strange things going on. Yeah, there. dude, that's I, it's so interesting looking back on like your high school sports, mm-hmm. and you just figure out how yeah. like how much of a commitment it is for the coaches, oh, yeah. and even just how kind of crazy some of the coaches were. Yeah, you know, like, this guy did not have like I don't think he should have been allowed to be around yeah. kids. <laughs> like, but even like when you're growing up and you're playing, did you grow up playing football, Sean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so you you had those dads who were just you know. I mean, they, they're in your ass, like nobody's business. Yeah. And it's like, Hey guy, like I'm, I'm 10. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a kid. And they're like, I'm making you a man. Like, I, what is man? I, I haven't even know. hit puberty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I saw something I saw, I heard about, heard that on a podcast with uh, Aaron Foster was talking about that, the relationship like football coaches have with their players versus like the relationship fighters have with their coaches and football has such a unique culture like that it's so aggressive and it kind of like puts you down a little bit um that's just oh totally yeah i don't know yeah it is i think the iron sharpens iron is definitely the Mm -hmm. the mindset that they have Mm -hmm. like for sure you know being tough will make the kids tough Mm -hmm. yeah but it gets tough when they're also high school teachers 
Yeah. yeah. You know, oh. And you see them in the classroom. <laughs> totally. Like, I hate you, but really, really scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember having, yeah, my varsity basketball coach was my freshman um, literate lit teacher so it was just so funny because he would come over and talk basketball to us and then he'd go teach wow. and he'd make all these jokes and like he loved us because we were on the basketball team which was kind of nice yeah but it is it's such an interesting dynamic you guys just is. get that teacher's pet automatically yeah. oh totally I feel like with football at least in my circumstance they would be tougher on the football players like make a fool out of them mm-hmm. in classes mm-hmm. oh yeah our math coach yeah. Just embarrassing kids. It's either a love or hate thing. Like yeah, either you either gonna like give the football players like a lot of favor because they play football, or you're yeah. gonna you're gonna shit on. Them. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely either or. Yeah. Well, this has been the slowest lightning round, which is good. It means yeah. we have lots of thunder, sons of thunder. It's very yes. terrible. <laughs> Self pat on the back. Congratu- congratulatory. Also, this is the first time I've drank on the podcast. Yeah, we're drinking wow. some uh, whiskey. Courtesy of the Charlemagne Institute. Really? Oh, really? yes, sir. Yeah. We have just a surplus of alcohol. Nice. Never. You got to <laughs> loosen up um, donors. Is that your goal? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's usually just for... liquor them up. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, 10,000. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that, that's how it all works. Though. It you know, is. You go to these conferences yeah. and everybody's sheen and beautiful mm. and presenting and then... <laughs> All of the business deals happen in the Dude. shady smoke covered room. Dude, my it dad, my David, they was they was dying right now because he knows my dad. My dad would go to these fundraisers for me South Football, a high school team. He he go <laughs> he goes and bids on all the items and just bids way too high and he. And then at the end of the night, they're like, Margie Bosher wins a signed Brian Urlacher jersey. <laughs> and the winner of tickets to the Cubs game, Margie Bosher. Like, Shit. <laughs> I was like, Dad, what the hell are you doing? It's like, I- I'm trying to bid up the price. <laughs> like, yeah, after after 10 beers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good I- Good move. Good luck. That's yeah. how it goes. Those intense it guys. Is. This, like, our spirit. T- we're going to be doing that. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be the suckers. Uh, no, I totally... Being at like the SPO banquet and stuff. Yeah. You know, you get your food, you get the free wine. And then at the end of all these, you know, emotional speeches, (laughs) these great speeches, they're like, okay. So get out your pens and, and make a donation. You know, it's, that's <laughs> yeah. so easy. Yeah. I wish we could do that with the Sons of Thunder. We should <laughs> start liquoring up. Get people. our donor base for friends. Like, <laughs> give us your second mortgage. <laughs> it's easy. Just take out a second mortgage. Oh, yeah. Dude, that reminds me of, do you guys ever have friends in high school or perhaps you were these friends who would be addicted to gambling? Like as soon as you turned mm. 18, mm-hmm. go straight mm-hmm. to the casino. So where I grew up, 18 is not, you can't go to the casino. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it is. It's a good thing. So, <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I've actually never been to a casino. What? Nice. So. I haven't either, actually. Well, I've been for a concert, but I have not been to Gamble. <laughs> so, who was, how old was the singer at this concert? Upper it was, 60s? No, it was Bob yeah, Seger. Bob um, Seger for sure. It was, <laughs> I think, Flowrider. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So my friend in college had free tickets to go to Flowrider. Where? Um, that has to have been Minnesota, right? Yeah. The, uh, Mystic Lake? Mystic, Mystic, Mystic Lake. Yeah. And we showed up, and I was dating a girl at the time, and she came with me. It was me, my roommate, my other roommate, and my girlfriend. 
Um, and we showed up to the casino and she forgot her ID. Oh, uh-oh. And so we had <laughs> to turn away. around and leave. And oh, this no. was from Bethel down to Shockby. So we weren't coming back. And no. so it was just, we the showed car up. Ride. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. We were, I, was, I was getting pumped for Flo Rida. <laughs> I was yeah. about to go in and have a great time. And <laughs> yeah. Nope. Bummer. It probably yeah, saved so you. Unfortunate. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Flo Rida, like didn't show up or showed up just <laughs> cranked out of his mind. <laughs> yeah. How many good songs does he have? Like I, two. Right round. He has like, right oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was right or, at the um, edge of middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. What's up? What's that one? Club song? can't handle me. Yes. <laughs> I bet that was a big Yeah, it's true. And I was ready to hear those 10 years past the crime. Yeah, I think I was at a casino this last weekend for a football conference. Oh, yeah. Nice. So it was, um, it's so funny. You see these, um, I, I work, I do, I work at these trade shows for coaches because nice. I sell like football product. And so these co- this one coach, um, he was just standing there and I went up to him and I was like, Hey, it's super nice that these are at a casinos. And he, and he was just, <laughs> he went off about being at the casino. He was like, yeah, man, it's so great. You know, the only reason I'm here is oh, because I'm talking positive. next week. No. And he was like, I'm a hundred bucks down right now. But he's like, I, I, I'm just in here because I just need a little break. And then I like stop. I was like talking to him about the casino and stuff and even my product. And I was trying to sell him on it, but he, he just, he was like just there because he had to like self-control himself a little. Damn. And then he just went right back. It oh, was so funny. His brain just can't handle any input from you. It's all output onto the, uh-huh. you know, rack table racks. That is. I don't know. Racks? <laughs> I don't gamble. I don't gamble either. I have two craps? situations. Craps. Craps. Racks. <laughs> Racks. That's a lifting. That's on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but whenever you go to the casinos, I'm thinking Mistake Lake in general, mm-hmm. or in particular, there's this room that's called the High Rollers Club. Yep. And, you know, the minimum bet's like 100 bucks. You oh go in there gosh. and can just smell the despair Snarl. and the depression. You're yeah. like, it's just one little room. Yeah. And you can go in and watch people. It's nice to give you, like, what, a burger. But right. you can, like, see people's mortgages plastered yeah. on the wall and just broken yeah. marriages. And like, yeah. Oh. oh, it is like... Yeah. It's a bad, yeah. I'm happy that I don't like gambling. Yeah, it's definitely a blessing. No, I lose enough I money other ways. Yeah, to, oh yeah, I need to go lose it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I yeah. spend enough money as it is. Yeah, for sure, no doubt. Yeah. So, any lightning questions for the Suns? Yeah. Um, well, definitely. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so, Sean, you. You got married right out of college. Yes. Your lifestyle's totally changed, I guess. What's, uh, how's that adjustment been, man? Like, I haven't seen yeah. you since college, really. So, no, like, it's been, it's been crazy. I'm trying to think of how I can sum it up. It's I not mean, really like a lightning round question, but it's no, just it's more just something I'm question. wondering. I think <laughs> it's very, I mean, my life situation is just so different right now, right? You know, than where I was. Because we were like, a year and a half ago, we were in college. We were, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, last chance man, intramural basketball, <laughs> intramural, um, hanging out, you know, grabbing it a couple of drinks, and that's life. Yep, finance, accounting classes, accounting, and then yeah, it's just crazy how I'm almost I'm almost happy that I got married right out of college because yeah. um, you okay. you know you go through a transition mm-hmm. once you leave college, mm-hmm. and so I think getting married because I graduated in May and then got married in August. Wow. So it was, uh, it was pretty quick to get married, but Mm -hmm. I would say that I didn't, you know, 
I didn't fully, you know, figure out who I was outside of college, Mm -hmm. um, as a single person, you know, I was Mm -hmm. engaged, you know, I was ready to get married. So I think instead of opening a new chapter in like, okay, now I'm single and I'm out of college and I'm, you know, gonna find a job and stuff like that. It was Mm -hmm. more like, okay, I need to get a job. And and now I'm like, (laughs) I like, yeah, it was funny because I proposed in January and then I didn't have a job. So I was like, oh shit, I need to get a job. Like it was bad. And so finally I'm I'm leaving the job that I got out of desperation. So it's going to be nice (laughs) to leave, but it's, uh, it's so different. You know, it's such, it's such a different, um, you know, scenario than being in college. Yeah. But I think at the same time, I was ready for that growth Yeah. yeah, and I was ready for that step. And I think that it, yeah, I'm, I still really haven't, um, you know, looked back and contemplated it. But yeah. I think for me, it, I mean, I don't suggest it for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously mm-hmm. you have to be in the right place. You have to know the right girl. You have to be in the right situation. You have to be, you know, free to make that decision. Right. And I think that it was kind of really put in my lap and I yeah. think yeah. it was mine to screw up. And I think <laughs> that, you know, it was, I mean, it was totally God that mm-hmm. really gave me that opportunity mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I knew what I wanted. You know, I had my list of what I wanted right. in a woman. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I wanted someone that I was comfortable with. I wanted someone that was my friend first and Delexia was all of those. So it was awesome to get to know her in college and then, Mm. um, you know, start off as as friends and then start dating and then uh, ultimately propose. But it really came down to, um, we couldn't date anymore. So (laughs) like we broke up and then I was, it was either I was going to propose or we just weren't going to get back together. Balls to the wall. Yeah. So it was like, we were just like, we were just like, okay, we're done dating. Like this is it. So it was like the perfect timing. And Are everything. you saying like you guys were like you, cause I think dating in, in our culture right now has, has taken a place of almost like a pseudo marriage. Yeah, oh, totally. Right. And like, we weren't gonna, you were not live gonna that. Yeah. Which I, I absolutely love. I that. respect yeah. the hell yeah. out of that. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, that. we decided that we didn't want to do that. And yeah. I think it was very nice cause we weren't in outside of, you know, college. So we had roommates, mm-hmm. we had, you know, we were living with our friends and we had like a great community around mm-hmm. us to support us yes. through that, which mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, it came down to me kind of really just stepping up to the plate and being like, okay, this is what I want to do. Hell yeah. You know, this yeah. is my, this is my vocation. This is my calling. Absolutely. And then, you know, all the joy that came, that came and, from that. Yes. And what kind of gave you that clarity to know that like, you were where you needed to be that you were yeah, doing. It's a, no, it's how definitely. Did, where did that come? Like, how did that come it, about? No, it came from God. I mean, we want to know. I remember because <laughs> Delexi and I were dating for three years. Okay. So it was a long time, you know, enough for mm-hmm. me to get to know her and be like, for okay, sure. I could marry mm-hmm. her, you know, mm-hmm. like I knew that from, for like, you know, two years, but it, I was finding my identity in the relationship and she was uh, finding hers in the relationship. And so that was very tough because, Mm -hmm. you know, it felt forced, you know, Mm -hmm. because if it was, I was like so stuck on her, I was going to her with my problems, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like any human does, you know, you have Mm -hmm. a tangible relationship. You have someone that cares about you. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to go to them with your problems. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very easy to be like, Hey, I'm struggling with this or, Hey, I had a bad day, but I wasn't going to God first. And there was not good order in that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so then, when I thought about engagement, I remember being at Will Goodwin's 
um, one of our friends. Shout out he, Will. Shout out to Will. <laughs> he got engaged before us. Awesome. And I remember being there and I was thinking about proposing to Delexi and just thinking about that. It was the fall of my senior year and I was just thinking about it and I just felt uneasy. Mm. You know, I was like scared and I felt like it was forced, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well we, we need to take a break cause we, we need to figure this out yeah. because I really liked her. I mean, she was an amazing, she was perfect woman, but I was scared to propose to her. So I was just like, okay, why, yeah. why, you know? So I leaned into that. Unsettlement is not from God. No. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I leaned into that and ultimately, you know, figured out my identity in God as a son of God. And, and that gave me the ability to propose, awesome. you know, I had to figure out what I had to give to her because um, because marriage is just, it's total self gift. Yeah. It's totally doing the things that you don't want to do. And it's totally learning the, the dark places that you, that I have hidden away from myself. She opens those doors and figures it out. You know, it's, (laughs) it's the most, yeah, she's going and through and cleaning everything. So it's power of the woman. They do everything. Everything. (laughs) Dude, you mentioned Sean getting that space when you weren't together in a relationship, but also you went, um, on a vision retreat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went on the this physical um, space also. Yes. So I went on this um, this mission trip to Puerto Rico, and it was a baseball. It was through Varsity Catholic, um, focused as Varsity Catholic. So it was a mission trip, and it was it was definitely space. You know, I did, I couldn't. We didn't have service, so I mm-hmm. couldn't talk to Delexi for six days, and so it was an awesome chance for me to serve and give. And realize that I was called to that, mm-hmm. you know? So if I did, if I wasn't called to serve and give, I wouldn't be married and have a kid right now, yeah. you know, but finding that and being like, Oh, like I have a heart of service. You know, I find life from serving others and serving those around me. Like, you know, God was able to put, um, my relationship with Alexi, you know, in, into, into my that. life yeah. and turn it into a marriage and, Fantastic. and turn it into, um, a kid too. So. Awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. It's absolutely awesome. So it's, it's awesome to get into my vocation. You know, yeah. it's the, the happiest I have ever been was when Liam was born. You know, <laughs> cheers to that. Sure. Thank you. Cheers yeah. to that. Cheers. Yeah. And it was, I, I don't think I've ever been happier in my whole entire life. Like Dang. when you, when you guys have your first kid, it's going to be, it's the most life changing thing, but it's the most joyful thing <laughs> because you're just like, yeah. This person exists because I love another person, oh, wow. you know, and, and then you realize you get to experience, you know, the love of God because you actually created this person and you're like, I'll give ev- everything for this person. That's awesome. So it's, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Bro, Thanks I, for the lightning. I can't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for it, but also like kind of a little bit. Yeah, we can I wait. Mean, when, whenever, when I'm called. Yeah. 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 yeah no, it's definitely, yeah. I mean, when, it's yeah. not for everyone. That's yeah. why it's when you're called, when I'm called. Yeah. yeah. No, it's awesome. I'm definitely a freak when it comes to, uh, when it comes to getting married young, like awesome. there, there are definitely not that many people no. like in, in my work, in my position right now, I'm, I think I'm, it's me and my supervisor that are the only married people out of mm-hmm. 10. Wow. that are older than me. They're all, they all have been a divorced or living with their 
significant others. Very cool. So it's um, good for you. It's definitely different. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's definitely choosing something. Set, yeah, yeah. And set set a great example of the way to do it. Do it the right way. Definitely. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Well, I got to give you props for you know going to Co- not Costa Rica, Puerto Rico. Yeah, and not finding a beautiful Puerto Rican lady. <laughs> <laughs> like, I disagree yes. with AOC on almost every topic. But, like, <laughs> I'm very attracted to um, that type yes. of person. Yeah. No doubt. All right, John. Do you have one for John? Um, no, on. you obviously have something on your mind, but <laughs> okay. I might add on. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> don't don't make him about Puerto Rican lady. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. I won't. Um, John, where does your? These are not lightning round questions at all. The, but we're past the lightning. Yes, we're <laughs> going deep. I'm going deep. Um, where does your conviction in your faith and? Um, I guess your, your, your real worldview, where does that kind of come from? Where does it stem from? Because you are insanely convicted, uh, like myself, and um, in what you believe and how you believe it and why you believe what you believe. So where, hmm. where, where does that kind of come from? Especially like in the political sphere as well, because yeah. I've kind of learned that in the last couple of years, like the, the, uh, the, the faith, and it kind of leads into it's kind of culminated into like Western civilization. So like, yeah, where does your conviction and your belief stem from? Oh, geez, that's a really good question. (laughs) That's very deep. (laughs) I've reflected on the answer a little bit here and there since my perception of the world has changed pretty radically since exiting university because it's, Mm -hmm. you are in just the most order college. I, I have a, deep dissatisfaction with the way our universities I believe we should abolish the universities in general agreed because of the yep. ideological stances they have but also I don't think the well, the original this is not even your answer but the original reasoning why people went to college was to prepare them for life mm-hmm. and specifically within the Catholic sphere and what we can call Catholic nowadays or even Christian schools have been so manipulated and thwarted and corrupted by different ideas that they actually gear human beings worse for reality. Agreed. They separate them from reality. It's all theoretical armchair philosophizing, which turns people extremely resentful because in in the world of theory, in the world of ideas, things can be so perfect Mm -hmm. because we have this great faculty of reason. And it's, it's, that's met that reason, that faculty is met for the communion with God Mm -hmm. because he is the ultimate satisfaction of that. But just so happens, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think any real ladies listen to our podcast. (laughs) They're either married or our moms moms (laughs) want to know what goes on inside the mind of a young man. (laughs) But reality hits. And for me, this has been ultimately to get to your question. I have two answers, but it's, Mm -hmm. um, it was Thomas Jefferson who said, I cannot live without books. And I think that's my first thing is when I was experiencing the world as it is, not how I want it to be, the wanting it to being the more theoretical, the more you come to realize how powerful that is. And then you can get down the Machiavellian, like that, if we draw this dichotomy of theory and reality, Mm -hmm. it's the classic is versus ought debate that's been Mm -hmm. going on in in philosophy ever since people started to think. Mm -hmm. Because that's what, because, period. (laughs) So, for me, my convictions come, Greg and David and Sean and our listeners, from books who have 
books written by people who have experienced life and can project that experience onto me because experience does not necessitate you to take, have firsthand account with that. You can take your experience Mm -hmm. and you can write it down as factual or as subjective as you want, but that's up to your discretion to um, discern between. Secondarily, it has been my personal first-in experience. Mm-hmm. And being at a university has been, I, I can rag on it for days, but it taught me how to be, first and foremost, a fighter. And secondly, a man of pursuit of truth. Because so many things are false and or are semblances of truth. Mm-hmm. This is something I've been really wrestling on, is what's the distinction between being correct and being right? Mm-hmm. Because... This is something Joe Biden said, and I wrote an article bashing him for it. You know, Biden's a gaff genesis. Like, he, he generates idiotic statements. But this <laughs> statement was, he's just shouting it at a rally. He's like, we believe in truth, not facts. And that might be the wokest thing he's ever said. <laughs> because facts, like you could say, David, you're a... You're a good-looking guy. You're tall. Oh. Yes, you're you're strong. <laughs> Definitely that, that, not. <laughs> subjective. You'll get there one subjective. day. Truth is, a... <laughs> but that's what is presented to you through your senses. I can experience that. That's yeah. reality. But there's a far greater transcendent reality, the immaterial, that we cannot sense or grasp with what we've been given on our natural faculty level, and what that requires is something greater and that's the god hole right that's mm-hmm. what we're trying to get at in this whole pursuit of truth so to answer your question fully my convictions in the world well first off i'm a very spirited man like we're all given degrees of thumos you know that's one of the i believe it was what's the definition of that thumos is likened to the breathing of a wild stallion okay. like the original like translations from greek that's what they would like when we talk about, you know, the Thomistic, you have the faculties of reason and will and passions. That's just his take on the original philosophers from Greece, Aristotle mainly. But it was Plato who wrote about the thumos, the spirit of man and the logos. Not capital L, Christ is the meaning, is like the pursuit of these things. But logos was just your ability to reason. Thumos is something that I've been gifted in. I think we all have to a certain degree. And Eric Rombeck is a thumotic man. Yes. Spirited, you know, you're energetic. It's the will. Right. He's so spirited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for he guys, takes it as an insult. He, I think, well, it, that means that he's too thumotic yeah. and he needs to rein it in. And that's yeah. a gift and it'll take time and yeah. specifically failure to yes. come to grasp with. And this is something I want to hit on later with us. But for me, I've always been kind of, you know, the weirdo in hockey is the goalie. You're ostracized. You're not normal. Yeah. No. And I've come to relish that because normalcy is such bullshit. It's so mm-hmm. so lame, Dude, bro. Normalcy. <laughs> me, like I've always had this deep, abhorrent sense to mediocrity to normalcy, and that comes from the gift of magnanimity. Yeah. And to be magnanimous means to literally have a great soul, a big soul. Mm-hmm. John Belling writes about this, like the stupid deep hole. Like hole within you, and I always hated that and resented the fact that I felt so deeply and thought yeah. so deeply. Just like what the, I don't need to censor here. <laughs> like why can't this be filled? Like some, mm, I feel yeah. constantly inadequate, constantly mm-hmm. unsatisfied because mm. 
there's so much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a gift now that we come to relish. And everyone has this to a certain degree is how much you develop it and pour into it. So through the experiences of deeply thematic people, men, specifically it was Alexander Solzhenitsyn who like catalyzed my soul. And this was in conjunction with the, let's just frame it as the progressive ideology rearing its ugly head at St. Thomas. And I will gladly defend against all progressives. I think they're great people. Mm-hmm. The same thing, getting back to the is not, is that we need to separate the ideas that possess human beings. Nietzsche mm-hmm. talks about yep. this totally. And this is the Jordan Peterson thing. But Yeah, here, here, but we, here we go. The, <laughs> this is where I want to get into is that... Buckle up. <laughs> when we talk about possession, when we put on the optics of Catholicism or Christianity, you can call those things demons. Ideas mm-hmm. are thousands of years old. They, spirits. Uh, spirits. I gave a talk about the spirit of Cain, the, the spirit that made him murder his brother and hate God is the exact same spirit that comes into the hearts of human beings who are deep and they want an imminent answer to the things, to the injustice. Like the world is gosh darn broken. Mm-hmm. We all get that. Now the answers you can come to it specifically with like communism and utopian vision of these ideas saying, look, I got an answer. It's right here. That's such a cop out because you justify manipulate and we can. So yeah, just (laughs) give me a sum up real quick. (laughs) Two sentences. What led to your conviction? (laughs) Put a little alcohol in me and <laughs> let it flow, baby. Yeah, diesel. diesel. I would say twofold. It's my personal experiences and reflecting upon them. Okay. And reading books of history and of great men Absolutely. in particular, because yeah. awesome. That's what, like Hamilton writes about this. Is a, I look at these great men and I cherry pick their virtues, and I've done this myself with him. Right. I spent a whole week at Potchman Terrace reading yeah. the biography by Ron Chernow, which is a great book. That's, they're all sort of building blocks to the way I see the world. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's awesome. So that's what I was expecting. Something <laughs> similar, but yeah. Thanks for letting me go on. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Are we out of the lightning round now? <laughs> it was this weird transitional dance with nature that we just, we just partook did. in. Yeah. <laughs> the lightning was coming and going. I mean, we didn't really have a topic for today. No, I, I think because, you know, Greg and I mm-hmm. and David here and there, we like to talk about these political things and how yeah. the world around us has been so destroyed by these things. Well, I think David yeah. David has especially a very unique perspective of this because Let's hear it. David is super, in the time that I've known David, which is literally forever because we, <laughs> we, we grew up next to each other down the street mm. oh, no way. since we were like two. Yep. Legit, yeah, that's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, it's Rivalry. it's actually the coolest. It's freaking, so crazy. It's oh, one yeah. of the coolest like friendships I have. Uh-huh. Um, just from a like a standpoint of if you're gonna tell a story about mm-hmm. friends, it's like that's a freaking it's, cool story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm surprised you guys haven't um, screwed it up yet. Like, oh, that's pretty. Yeah. Actually, we're too deep now. He's yeah. tri- <laughs> he's tried so hard to screw. It up. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean he's like he's like he's like my brother. Like yeah. I would mm-hmm. it, nothing could that's screw awesome. it up. Ever. That's awesome. He thinks my sister's cute, so that doesn't work. Oh, cannot put that on live air. <laughs> Rescinded. You cannot edit that out. I'll um, try to edit it out. Uh, um, <laughs> Um, I just rattled me. <laughs> uh, 
No, but so David, I mean, David grows up in a family. Like his brother lives out in Boston and his brother is definitely like a very free thinking guy. Do you want me to tell this? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, where do you, I mean, where, where were you going? Where do you want me to just start? Just saying like, like you, you're, what my family life is like or just, yeah. And like where you, my ideas come from or. Yeah. And how you came to Catholicism. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a story and a half. <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah. Let's hear it, man. Alrighty. So well, I first want to say, John, that I envy your, um, obtaining of knowledge through books and through other people's because every single part of my ideology and my faith has been through my personal experience um, and has been through the stuff that I've had to learn um, at inopportune times Mm -hmm. just forced upon me. Um, So I grew up Parker, Illinois, next to Greg, block away. Woo. Uh, bullied him on the basketball court growing up. Give him the business. <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> um, but my, my mom and dad were both lawyers when I was growing up. Uh, and when I was five, my dad died of pancreatic cancer. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Um, so that, and that was kind of the start of, you know, everything I would come to be after that. Um, we were an Episcopalian family growing up, so we'd go to church every, every week. So the church was literally... 10 houses away from him. Yeah. St. Mary's Episcopal Church. And we would go play football every Sunday on the fo- on the church lawn. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. We'd go throw the ball around and then the priest would come out and we, you know, all the kids would be cussing and the priest would come out and be like, hey, we're in worship right now. Can you, can you not? <laughs> so it's dang Catholic boys on our lawn again. <laughs> Drinking. <laughs> 10 years old. Shit. <laughs> Well, that was in our, in our hiatus, probably. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Yo, carry on. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, Interject where I can. Exactly. Here. Feel yeah. free to add some flavor yeah, here yeah. and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were, we were a church-going family. It was great. Uh, me and my siblings were in the treble choir. My mom was in the choir. Um, but when my dad passed, we moved up to Minnesota, actually, um, to be close to my mom's parents. And within a year... Um, Sorry, before that. So, so after that, I, you know, I was five years old. I had a general idea of who and what God was, um, but I was obviously very uh, naive in what I thought he could do. Uh, and so my prayer for probably every night for the next six, seven years or so was to bring my dad back to life. And, you know, yeah. I, was, I was a young kid and I thought that was possible because, you know, God is God and he's a all powerful person and uh, he can do that. Right. That's what I thought. Um, and I've actually had a revelation a couple days ago that is going to add on to the end of the story. That's pretty cool. Um, but after that, we moved up to Minnesota. We actually, my mom met someone who lived back in Park Ridge while we were living up in Minnesota. He was a contractor uh, for construction work. And so we actually ended up moving back within about a year and a half of moving out to Minnesota. We kept our house, though, and my mom's still living in that house to this day, 18 years later, which is super cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, came back, and that's really when we started to be friends. I think before yeah. we didn't know each other much before my not, dad's death. Not much, but no. it, but it was it was just yeah no yeah yeah yeah. So I came back. You know, life was pretty good. My my new uh, he actually ended up being my stepdad. Um, we never got it done Officially, legally. Yeah. Uh, we did. They did this cool ceremony out on Lake Minnetonka on like a yacht or something. Nice. Um, <laughs> priest was there and everything, uh, but it was never official. But he was my stepdad and all sense of the word. Uh-huh. Um, so it was pretty great. You know, he taught me, taught me sports. My mom is not athletic in any sense. Not um, at all. Not Sorry, Miss Cushing. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my brother was is a hugely talented musician. Mm. Um, and he still does that to this day. He's incredible. And my sister and I, you know, 
we, we were just we were really good together growing up. Um, probably around the age of 11 or 12 is when things started getting a little dicey with my mom and my new stepdad. Um, she was, she's, I mean, she's an absolute warrior of a woman and she, um, protected us from a lot of things and, um, soon realized when I, when I started to mature a little bit that that relationship wasn't, wasn't very good at all. Um, abusive and emotional and, and sometimes physical ways and that drift over to us a little bit as kids um and so it was always just kind of stepping on eggshells and i don't know it didn't really it didn't bleed through no outside of the household uh, at all did it, it? it no not at all i mean um so you moved up there seventh grade yeah and i remember i had no clue that it was that was the reason oh that wasn't the reason that was not no but that, that was the reason that they split we moved up in seventh grade because he uh, was still oh yeah because his kids were uh, out of high school and so they were okay. you know off on their own mm-hmm. and we were just like all right we're gonna go back to be closer to my mom's parents right same house we had before it's gonna be great we were gonna fix it up with him um yeah, and it was, you know, on the outside, it looked really great. On the inside, it was like things were crumbling down a little bit. And we were, we, we had like our cues from our mom on when we should, you know, get out of the room and, and go do something on our own. Um, and so we moved to Minnesota, um, got everything ready, set to go. And, you know, the last thing, I think the last, I've seen him once since then, but the last time I've heard, the last words I heard him say were, keep the kids, I'm leaving. And so he, we were down in the basement. They were up having an argument, um, and he was just gone. He was done, and that mm-hmm. was seventh grade. And uh, you know, all through this time, we had kind of gone away from church life. He was obviously a negative influence on our on our life, and um, we just stopped going. You know, Christmas, Easter, but that was about it. You know, those kinds of people. Um, mm-hmm. But sorry, I catch my breath a little bit. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> it. Take your time. Yeah. Um, no, after that, we. We, they had they had bought a house together, and so we were sending money back to him, and he was not doing the right thing with it, and you know, kind of crippled, crippled us as a family financially once he left. Um, it was kind of fascinating to watch this too from like a distance because mm-hmm. I, um, I actually literally live like five houses away from mm-hmm. his old house. Like yeah. it, it is, it is five hundred feet from me, yeah. and and the house deteriorated as Seriously. time went on. So it was symbolic of just. Um, of a spiritual, financial, um, masculine, just wreck. It, mm. it, and, and looking back, I didn't know any of this then, but, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, you're right. It was very indicative of the, uh, kind of the effect that he had on our family. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I know right. my siblings feel a little bit differently about him. They, some of them, one of them still keeps, keeps in touch whenever they're back in Illinois. I definitely don't, um, just not going to open that door again after, you know, everything that happened. Um, but after that, we started growing up in Minnetonka, Minnetonka High School. Go Skips. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had no idea, man. Yeah. Go I mean, Skips. I baby. think I did. Your name preceded you. <laughs> well, it might have been my sister's name. She was she was actually the more popular of the Cushing duo in high school. No, we knew the football player. <laughs> sure. Wow, scouting me out, you know. Um, no, but it was it, that was it was really fun growing up. It was uh, Minnetonka was an incredible place for us to uh, flourish and, and develop our talents. My brother became a nationally recognized musician. My sister was the homecoming queen, the track and cross country captain, the vice president of student body, like 
everybody knew her. She's absolutely beautiful, perso- personable, super fun to be around. We were, tw- we're twins actually. So, Oh no way. Yeah. Me and my sister are twins. I guess That's we didn't so mention that. Cool. Yeah. Um, but she's like five foot three and, uh, for, for the <laughs> listeners, I'm, I'm six, six, two seventy. My sister <laughs> yeah. is five foot three, one twenty. What happened? You in the stole it. In the world. <laughs> stole all you, you absorbed protein. everything. <laughs> there, there's a really funny story though. Um, my mom did in vitro fertilization. And so there was a third embryo at one point that was fertilized <laughs> and it disappeared after a while. So we actually think yeah, I absorbed it. Yeah. <laughs> that is why I'm the size You're in of there, two like, humans. Kinking her <laughs> umbilical cord. <laughs> 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 so yeah, that, that could explain a little bit of why the, the difference is, is there. Um, but by, by all senses of the word, we were super successful um, in high school. I was on the football team, baseball team, uh, played basketball in the meantime you know he's was, being very humble he was recruited by all the ivy league schools um he was he's an excellent athlete and although he wasn't strong back then he still was it was an excellent athlete. <laughs> no greg's right i sucked at hitting the weight room but i was yeah, you were kind of soft i was i was a little bit soft but i had a, yeah. i had a switch i could flip yeah. and that was really fun on the football mm-hmm. field and then nice. being a pitcher and um you know i just had an intensity to myself and when i was when i was out on the field it was just a matter of harnessing it exactly exactly yeah. which i think i've done now and yeah, i think i'd yeah. agree Okay. Yep. You never saw me play in high school, so this is all conjecture, but that's okay. <laughs> I'd agree. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> You're very right. You're very right. <laughs> <laughs> but who got more snaps in college? Yeah, you. <laughs> okay. yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> what position you play in high school and college? Uh, I was a right tackle in high school and a left tackle in college. Oh, nice. Yep. Yep. So I didn't go to any of the summer workouts in high school because I had baseball. So they demoted me to re- from left tackle to right tackle. <laughs> I was no longer the blind side. Oh, just oh, tough. Yeah. Um, but no, Greg's right. I got some offers out of high school for football. Um, mm-hmm. very ch- good player. Yeah. had a chance to go to Ivy league schools, which, um, so I, I had a chance to go to Yale for free, play football at Yale. Congrats. <laughs> you'd you'd <laughs> like to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, high school was a, was a ton of, um, was a ton of good masking a lot of bad decisions yeah. um, spiritually and, and mentally and emotionally because um, on the outside physically and what I was doing was, was awesome. You know, I, I, had, I had a couple girlfriends I was on, not at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> consecutively. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, sports was great. I was, I was a really good student. Um, uh, but, it, you know, obviously, like John said, there's that hole inside of you that I had not yet realized was there. Um, and I obviously had not gone to church. I was super good at calling myself a Christian and um, like doing just enough to pass off as that. Um, but in no, in no sense of the word was I a Christian. Um, so I ended up going to the U of M Carlson School of Management, not playing sports in college. I decided to pass up an Ivy League education for just going to school for fun. Um, but I, and I went there, I actually decided to go there because my girlfriend I was dating at the time was going there as well. And we had ended up breaking up before college, of course. So I was going there for no reason at all. Um, but you know, it was, it was, it was a cool school to be in freshman year of college. Um, but I was, that's when God decided to break me and just destroy me. And that's happened a few times in my life, but this was, you know, bad bouts of depression, um, just completely lost. I was, you know, sinning just left and right in, in every sense of the word, um, with really no remorse for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
because in high school I'd lived, you know, a similar life on the outside. I was really great, but you know, in my relationships and my personal life, it was no rules, no laws or anything. Um, and I, I can still remember to this day where I was on the banks of the Mississippi Ripper river at the U of M where God said, David, you need to figure your life out. Um, and this was after my girlfriend at the time had said, I'm breaking up with you because, um, I was in all honesty, I was a terrible person to her. Um, and she had every right to break up with me. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to get my life together and, and figure my life out. And, God was like, dude, you're an idiot. You're not going to do that for that. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to do this because you need me and I need oh, you. Um, beautiful. It, yeah. And uh, I decided, okay, what am I going to do next? I might as well find a Christian college. The first Christian college I looked to was Bethel University. Um, my buddy Josh Dalkey, shout out Josh, was playing football there. Um, and he literally just the first person I thought of. And I said, okay, let's go check this place out. Um, so I went to... Um, went to Bethel for a weekend visit. It was 2015. So we beat St. Thomas that year. In baseball. And football. <laughs> no. Yes. No. 2014. Try again. Try again. 2013. Oh, it was 2014. 2014. It was 2014. Definitely not So I saw us beat you guys, and I was like, <laughs> okay. we're really good at football. I'm going to come here. You barely beat us. <laughs> Win's a win, buddy. <laughs> Funny story. Every year I went to Bethel, except for... No, every year I went to Bethel, we were 5-5. Five and five, So that was fun for the football team. Um, <laughs> But I love you guys if you, if you happen to listen to this. <laughs> um, but I went to a worship night there called Vespers. Um, cool. Yeah. And, and my buddies who I, I'd made like 10 friends the weekend, right? All football players, all totally. good guys. And I was like, all right, who's coming with me? And they said, not me. Nobody came with me. They just sending me off on my own. And it was a very new and raw experience for me, having never been a real Christian in my entire life. And uh, so I went up and chilled in the top, top level of Benson Great Hall, um, all the way at the back. And I started worshiping, or I started singing at least, and um, at Bethel, there's a lot of very spirited, there's so much thumos there um, in their worship uh, that, you know, they, they've got their hands raised, and, you know, um, and I thought I'd try that out, and I lifted my hand up to, to worship God, and a physical presence reached down and held my hand there. Mm. So I, I literally felt um, God's hand in mine, holding it there. Mm. Um, and it was during the song Reckless Love, which I don't know if you guys ever heard. It's awesome. it's, it's oh, really yeah. incredible. Yeah. You've never That's heard amazing. it. Bro, I don't do church hymns. Right. Well, you're going to have to listen to it Reckless just because of, you got to just listen to it. Like, you don't have to like it at all, but you need to know where I'm going. I'll listen from. to it. Okay. That's a P&Dubs yeah. banger right there. <laughs> yeah, top five. P and Dubs, I'm out. <laughs> really? <laughs> Give me the organ. <laughs> Greg, this is why we need more of each other, man. You're not, you're Bro, I'll take Eric Church <laughs> and give me the organ. That's all sense. I need. That's all. That's all the music I need. Give me the, uh, holy, 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 holy! <laughs> uh, special dude, there, Greg. Thank you. <laughs> Especially incredibly dumb. <laughs> Don't say that. It's no. not true. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> So that was when I was like, I need, like, this is where I'm going. I'm going to Bethel. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, Oh, you did that on your visit. I did that on my visit. No I went way. to Vespers on my visit by myself. Good for you, Just man. a ni- 19 year old wow. dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's it incredible. Was, it's it awesome. Life changing. That is awesome. Yeah. It, like, yeah. Hearing these stories too. Cause, cause I'm sitting there this whole time, right? I'm the, the kid who's been, um, We've been in contact like once a year, and then when I came up here to go to school, he was. It was like once every six months. So, so yeah. kind of seeing this process from afar was just wild, yeah, wild, totally wild. 
Um, but yeah, and no, carry on. No, it's, it, you're right. Like it, 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 a lot happened. And, and, and it was cool too, because there was probably no better school than Bethel because the Bethel totally. football team is super Christian. Um, much more so say <laughs> Thomas team. So he probably wouldn't have fit in as well where I was at. So where you ended up was definitely where you needed to be. Oh, it was 100% the place for me. Um, I, I decided right then and there I was transferring to Bethel. I texted my mom the next morning. Um, and this is my mom who had, you know, protected me through everything had been with me through everything. Yeah. Supported three kids in the Minnetonka school system, which is by her, by herself, which is ridiculously hard and I still don't know how she did it um but I told her I was coming to Bethel I was going to Bethel and she said David I don't really support that um wow yeah um so she she we have um I have plenty of homosexual family members yeah and um at Bethel the I don't even remember what it's called um the uh there's, there's like this document you have to sign that like states your beliefs. Um, and, and one of them is obviously, you know, disagreeing with homosexuality and, and casting that out. And my mother was very against that. She obviously read it yeah. thoroughly and she said, David, like, um, the, the money is yours. When my dad died, there was a fund created for us by the lawyers association. And, um, my uncle started some of it too. And, wow. um, so it was enough for us to go to college. That's really good. Cool. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. It was oh, super cool. cool. Like, he he left, but he was obviously able still to provide for us, yeah. um, which was awesome. That's like, such a blessing. Yeah, he's still working up there, <laughs> <laughs> putting him to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she she said, "I don't really support this, but the money is yours, and I can't really tell you to do anything with it." Yeah. Um, so I said, "You know, okay." But so this woman who had supported me my whole life, I just lost the support of her. Yeah. And I was literally just doing this on my own, and that's kind of how a lot of the stuff over the past five years has been, is me you know, stabbing out on my own and, and finding people to be with along the way. Um, and she said, and I was obviously playing baseball and football there. And she said, David, I'm sorry, but I can't really come support you at these games anymore. And she had been my number one fan up throughout high school and throughout little league and middle school baseball and football. And um, she said, I can't support you there. Um, and it, you know, it crushed me obviously because yeah. I just thought I had found my path and my way. And, yeah. um, you know, my mom said she doesn't support me. And, uh, Dude, to admire your conviction to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that takes a lot to step out on a limb like that. And I was asking my friends, too. I was like, hey, if your mom told you not to go to school somewhere, would you listen to them? Thinking that they'd be, like, on my side and be like, no, dude, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went to St. Thomas. My mom would, like, said, it would be nice if you stayed in Minnesota. So I was like, okay, I'll go to St. Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Jeez. Good for you, man. That's That takes yeah. a lot of guts. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, the, the, one of the greatest feelings in my life was seeing her in the stands at one of my college football no games. Way. Did she tell you beforehand? Uh, she did, but I didn't know if she was actually going to. It was one of those things like, David, you know, I'll really try to. And, and yeah. I know she wanted to, wanted to for me, but was struggling inside. Um, it was yeah. obviously against St. Olaf, her alma mater. <laughs> and we obviously destroyed them. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Well, laughs> <obviously. laughs> didn't get kicked out of the Mayak, though. So that was, that was a plus. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> savage. <laughs> Only the elite teams. Yes. We wanted to keep you in. It I was know. just the three of us. Yeah. yeah. St. Um, John's. <laughs> <laughs> but th that feeling there, seeing her supporting me, doing what I love at a place I love was outstanding. And then yeah. she started coming to my baseball games in the spring. And it was like, wow, like God provides and God works. Um, yeah. It, obviously him working on her heart was, was monumental there. And, and, you know, I praise him every time I tell the story. I, it's like, a, it's like praise yeah. towards him hearing yeah. what he yeah. has done. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got this. Sorry if this is long, but like there's Dude, a little, okay. we got all the time in the world. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so I started working at the weight room at Bethel. Now we get into why he becomes Catholic. A <laughs> little bit. Yeah. Next, next chapter. Chapter, chapter two. <laughs> two. Um, I started working at the weight room, um, at Bethel and it's a place that I still go train at to this day. Nice. And I love, I love it. You know, the coach there, coach, uh, Rick Meyer, a shout out. He's helped me post-grad more than he did in the grad just cause I was, um, Lazy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly. Exactly what I, I was. the peanut gallery here. <laughs> um, but he gave me a job there, and we were handing out bracelets at the front desk with Bible verses on them. And me, being the fake Christian I am, have never picked up a Bible before and didn't know what the colons meant. Didn't, didn't Literally didn't know how to read the Bible. Um, and so I picked up this bracelet, and it's broken now, and I don't know where it is, but it said... Oh, I hate when that happens. It's so devastating, because you want it forever, and <laughs> yeah. then it just rips, and you're like, I, I don't know what to do with you. Um, and it said, first, uh, first James, two, James 1, 2 through 3, 2 through 4. Um, and it's, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And in that steadfastness, we all become perfect through perseverance. Damn. And so that was like, wow. Like looking back on my life, like my dad died. I had a stepdad who I thought was, you know, the next answer who yeah. wasn't. And, um, people had been out in and out of my lives, including you, you were in it back in my life at this point, but, um, the, the trials and tribulations that had been put in front of me to that point, um, you know, it kind of hit like, and I still was, you know, I still, I was convicted, but I was still like working through the first steps of becoming a Christian. And this was like, like nailed me right there. And it was like, wow, you've been, um, you've had all this happen to you. And it's, it's only produced steadfastness because all along God was there all along. He was there ready to reach out his hand towards me and, you know, pull me along and accept me back in. And, um, so yeah, that's that's actually a verse I have uh, tattooed on my chest now. Um, <laughs> I don't need that rubber band. <laughs> exactly, I, the rubber band broke. I said I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it with me forever. Um, Sweet. Yeah, and so right then and there, I actually decided to start a Bible study with a bunch of football players. And obviously, I'm someone who had never read the Bible before, <laughs> starting a Bible study. <laughs> um, so basically, it was me showing up and kicking it off, and everybody else taking over and me listening and. Um, we, we got up to, I think 20 guys at one point and it was just, it was really cool to see. And, um, all my, all my sophomore year football buddies, um, they, they helped me a lot as much as they don't know it. They helped me so much. Um, from that, um, that kind of took off. We started a group called mighty men at Bethel. Um, it's just called mighty men at Bethel. Uh, but that got up to 70 guys at one point. It was just kind of bringing guys together to, to talk about what it meant to be a man of faith and, um, to be, um, to be mighty in God. And, and, and we knew we'd get a lot of criticism being quote unquote mighty men, you know, like showing off being macho. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but every, it was the perfect opportunity to emphasize the fact that we are not mighty because of ourselves. We're not mighty because we're big and strong football players or or dudes who impose themselves on other people. We're mighty because of what God does inside of us and what he allows us to do. Um, and that might and that power is in no way our own. Um, and so we, that, that was really cool. Met so many cool people through that. Um, and then I got to senior year, 
Well, this this is when I start to become Catholic senior year. No, sorry, yeah, I jumped the gun. <laughs> Chapter three. <laughs> um, I met this I met this really great girl, um, and she's she was a Catholic um, girl, and th- this was after I had a lot of I had one failed relationship in college, which um, kind of drew me back from the Christianity I was discovering, um, and didn't really help me along that because I still had some old tendencies that I would fall back on, and just didn't really help at all and, and, and kind of, kind of hurt my, my spirituality a little bit. So I knew going into my next relationship that I'd make sure that whatever I did for Christ, at least for Jesus, and at least for my relationship with God was my own decision. Yeah. Because in the past I had, you know, I, I faked being a Christian for high school relationships. I said, I initially looked at Bethel because I wanted to get that girl back. Right. Um, so now it was, I need to do this for me and I need to make sure whatever I do is for me. Um, but she was a Catholic and I was like, okay, I'll try it out. You know, and, I, and I'll make a decision based on what I want. Um, and I called up my grandma one day, uh, my mom's mom. And I said, you know, grandma, like uh, we just, you know, we chatted. I think she might have called me. And I said, at one point I said, you know, yeah, I went to mass. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be Catholic now, grandma. And she goes, well, you know, your dad was a Catholic, right? And I didn't. Whoa. I didn't know that. Huh. I knew that. Oh. <laughs> you would have just consulted Greg. <laughs> the all-knowing. How did you know that? He because, played football with you. No, because uh, his... He was cussing. <laughs> his dad's um, brother was a leader in my youth group growing up. So. Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah. And she goes, your dad is a Catholic, right? And I said, no. And, you know, you know, bless my mom. She, she probably told me. She probably mentioned it at some point. But just yeah. our faith wasn't a thing growing up, so there was no need to mention it. Yeah. Um, so at that point, I was like, no way. Like, <laughs> I like, and, and then it was a big tough point for me because it was like, am I doing this because of this girl I met or am I doing this because I want to? Yeah. Um, and you know, bless her heart. She said, you know, you can, you can talk to saints, right? You can talk to people in heaven if you pray to them. And that was obviously a foreign concept to me. And so I was actually taking a trip down to Illinois for Thanksgiving that year. And I decided to stop by my dad's grave and, you know, just pray, converse with him. And, um, there wasn't many words said, it's always a time of reflection and, and just, you know, trying to see if he's proud of me, stuff like that. And, um, I kind of brought up in my mind, the thought of becoming Catholic or like, dad, help me out here. Like, what do I do with this? And just head to toe warmth and just peace just flooded over me. Thanksgiving in Illinois, it's late November, it's 20 (laughs) degrees out and I'm just warm as can be. Um, and that's when I knew. That's when I knew I had to at least take this step forward in faith. Um, and it was so cool because I knew then that I'd be able to learn more about him. Um, I was only five when he died, and so I didn't really get to learn about him. My family always tells so many stories about him when I go back home, and, and I, learned, I get to learn so much from that. But now I get to learn where his faith came from and what led him to be the man he is. Um, yeah. And so right then and there, it was like, all right, let's do this thing. Like, let's go. <laughs> um, looked at RCIA classes. They had started in September and this was November. And so I had to wait a whole nother year (laughs) for them to begin. So that was a test in itself saying like, do you really want to do this? You really want to wait a year (laughs) to go through another year long class? Like no other faith does that. No other faith makes you as a convert, learn about all that and, 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 and go through those classes. And um, I wouldn't have it any other way personally because I learned so much and um, it was fun. My girlfriend was like, David, you probably know more about Catholicism than I do because the classes are so intense and yeah. you learn so much. Um, and, you know, 
uh, that whole journey was absolutely incredible. And, and now you have it all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It is pretty nuts, man. Oh, no, it's crazy. But my, my first, um, I'll tell you what, for, for, for non-Catholics or Catholics out there that can relate, like my first confession after 22 years oh, of yeah. mortal sin and, and all, everything. Oh my God. It feels I, good. I broke down. <laughs> And it was during like an RCIA retreat. So where there was only five of us in there confessing and we just spread out after and, and, and do our penance in the pews. And, um, yeah, I, I absolutely broke down and, yeah. and, and the, the grace of the father during that mm-hmm. time was unbelievable and outstanding. And I remember I was the last one waiting in there. Everyone was, we were like going back to class and I was like, I can't move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I got up and the deacon was there and he just, he just embraced me. And, and, and I asked him one last time, I was like, is it all gone? And he was like, yeah, it is. And I broke down crying right then and there. Wow. Oh, that's such an experience. Yeah. Wow. It's a crazy story. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, man. Yeah. You know, we've been walking together for several months and there are so many tidbits that are new, and especially the ones that I've heard before are added in this new light. Mm-hmm. Grace is amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. It is. Thank God. You know, it's a, it's <laughs> that capstone. Like, it's a crazy you story. You can't come back from there. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> crazy story. We've been doing this a long time, too, guys. This is a quick hour. Yeah, it's been all. Yeah, hour. We to get Roberts on here and hear his story. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> It's just amazing that, you know, going through an experience like that, because Mm. for me, you know, a cradle Catholic, you know, born with a family, go to private school my whole life. It's, it, it felt like it was, you know, shoved down my throat. And Mm -hmm. obviously it came to a point where I had to accept it and be like, okay, this is mine. Mm -hmm. But just to see your conviction and to hear your conviction and, you know, hear that you went out on a limb, you know, and you kind of went against your family and you, you kind of took that on because you believed it to be true, mm-hmm. you know, and then seeing your mom turn around and be like, Hey, this is like, I, I love you yeah. and I can see the change in your life. Funny I think story that's is so right there. I, I asked her, um, probably about a couple months ago. I was like, um, mom, like how, how do you feel about me going to Bethel? Yeah. It, post post-grad right um and she goes david i think it was one of the best things you could have done <laughs> yeah. i'm so yeah. happy for you so it's really humble yeah. mm-hmm. to be able to admit that it's awesome oh my gosh, that's yeah. great. so what have you been going through in the last couple of days because you mentioned that earlier yeah the revelation your revelation oh, yeah um it was at bible study I, I lead a bible study for a group of high schoolers at minnetonka play baseball wow. um yeah which, that's that's really cool in itself um and something that's been on my heart that I read in a devotional was the prayer of faith moves the hand of God. Um, so true faith and true contrition and what you're praying for, God will answer that and then move his hand in, in, in the way he feels fit. Um, mm. And so what I brought up last Saturday was two days ago, um, talking through my prayer every day. I remember, I would pray for my dad to come back. Yeah. Um, and I would pray for be able to be, see my dad again, for him to come to life. Yeah. God answered that prayer. Totally. In a different sense than I was hoping because I will see him again and he is still living in heaven. And, and, and the fact that I can go see my dad one day and talk to him and, 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 and connect with him, God answered my prayer from day one. Totally. But David, I think his, like, <laughs> you have also come to. Right. That's what I was just about to say. Embody. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the know? spirit of his father. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. appreciate that. that. Yeah. That's. It's the Lion King, man. 
<laughs> Simba. John, you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's a very similar story to that one of my favorite Disney movies, which is based on Hamlet or something. I don't know. But that sort of boy's journey to manhood with the craving of the, the fatherly figure. Yeah. And you come to realize retrospectively that I am that, that figure now. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing to be in the presence of a guy who's come through the shit out the other side clean, like Shawshank yeah. Redemption, man. I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. The per- like, you're a human. <laughs> you're not a story. You're not a book. That's crazy. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, such it's a powerful fantastic. Yeah. So, Greg, how was it, you know, seeing one of your best friends going through that? Like, what was your mindset? Because you grew up Catholic, correct? Yes. Yes. So how was that, you know, seeing your tr- the transformation of one of your good friends, like how was that experience? It, it was an experience like from afar. Yeah. Because I hadn't lived with him. We hadn't been seeing each other consistently for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> um, oh, man. So, I'm... I guess, like, I just don't have anything but respect and and gratitude for him and where he's at now, yeah. And the man he's become, yeah. Because it's 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 immaculate, like, to lose your father growing up, to have a father who was, um, I guess I'll, I'll leave. I mean, I know another half of that story with the stepdad, but like, I'll leave it out because, like, to know that. Um, to move states, to lose all your friends when you're going right into high school, um, to make terrible decisions in regards <laughs> to women. I think I think we all can relate to that. Not Sean. Uh, not Sean. Done, baby. <laughs> Take sip. And to, and to just uh, it's a, it's a pretty incredible story, and yeah. I'm thankful to have just been here to witness it and to be David's friend and the small role I play. Um, I, I don't, I don't really have much words. I, I, yeah, uh, it's just nothing short of incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But don't ever let him know that I think that. <laughs> Take this out of the podcast. Edit it out. It's just, it's so amazing seeing, yeah, seeing that your friendship, you know, withstand mm-hmm. through that. Yeah. Because I think most of my childhood friends, just thinking of the kids that I played baseball and, you know, floated down the river with, <laughs> and it's like the, they're just non-existent, you know. Yeah. But to have that, you know, each go through an encounter with Christ at different times, you know, to have the ability to know them for who they are since you guys were what, five or six or since birth. Yeah. I don't know. But just to have that, that's so powerful, special, so special. Uh, Not too many people have that. No, no. Um, no, I have no doing in this. I'm just thankful. Yeah. Well, and the friendship absolutely catalyzed once we got back together a couple of years ago. Yeah. Sure. So different. It's wild. Yeah, because it was based on, well, we were kids. Yeah. Uh, still are kids, but like just an ounce <laughs> more mature than we were. Yeah. You know. I yeah. mean, it was completely sports based. It was, you know, yeah. dude, when are we playing pickup next? But, but also not. Yeah. But yeah, because that's all you have when you're yeah, 10. Yeah. 
But totally. we, we we walked home together from everything. We had those talks walking home. Yeah, on, exactly. On we walked to school every single day together yep. growing up. I mean, so. But it was all kind of like the building of a foundation mm-hmm. that's been set in stone now. Uh-huh. And then seven years later, we get back together and. Yeah. You know, it's like we were able to pick up right then and there. We would we sucked in college, kind of. You know, communicating yeah. and once every six months, I saw we saw yeah. each other on the football field or something. And right, um, but it was like I didn't feel. I felt bad that I wasn't reaching out as much, but I didn't feel like anything was threatened. I no. didn't feel like anything between us was deteriorating. No, no, no. I don't think anything ever would. No. It was just, I mean, like, we just ran different social circles yeah. at different schools. It was just like, and we, none of us, had, neither one of us had cars. Yeah. But it was, we always found a way to make the friendship happen. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And you were a huge part of me processing Catholicism. Which is wild because I'm a pretty <laughs> shitty Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> like that talk we had um, up at the top top level, of whatever building it is at St. Mm-hmm. Thomas, um, mm-hmm. where we talked for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, that was huge. That was the first time I actually got everything out about Catholicism and about everything I was going through, yeah. um, just verbally. Yeah. Um, and it, it helped me process. And I knew I had you as a rock after that. Yeah. So as incredible as you think my Catholicism is, you're the rock it's I, part of it is built on. I mean, I wouldn't say that, but, but I, well, it's my Catholicism, just, so you can't. <laughs> yeah. It's my story. <laughs> I mean, except being, <laughs> being like, just being a friend through the whole thing, being there for you as, as your brother. I mean, that's just what my, it's what I'm called to do, so I don't know. I can't say I take any credit You're for it. Too anything. humble. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm not. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, no. It's I'm just thankful. Yeah, I'm thankful to be along for the ride. I'm thankful for him and his story, and I'm just. I I don't have anything more to say. I'm thank God. <laughs> End of the book. <laughs> Close the book. <laughs> so you guys are in a dangerous men group together, is that what? Well, it's done now, yeah, but you guys yeah. are done. Well, it's not done yet. We still got a couple things to do. Yeah, we might. Have, we got one meeting next week, and then we got a retreat. In oh, the steps to a freedom. Weeks. So, yeah, I don't know if it's been scheduled yet, but no, not yet. time. Yeah, <laughs> dude, and you guys haven't been on a freedom retreat, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Shot. That's where you and I met. Like, yeah. Wow, dude. That's where we really. Oh my Bonded. goodness, yeah. If you guys are battle buddies together, you guys should definitely be battle buddies together. We are. We are. Good, yeah. good, good. Because yeah. that, that forms, because we were battle buddies. <laughs> I still when remember were we? It, it was like uh, 2017, right before I went yeah. to Rome. And that was yes. my like, second real experience of God. And because the battle buddy, there were like, because we were sitting on that bed in the basement, right? Oh, we were lounging. We were lounging. <laughs> we were in this amazing back. cabin that Joe Massick's family. Where was it? Lake of the Woods, or was it even? It was like Cook was County. Yeah. Ely what did you say? Cook Ely. County? Cook. We Cook. have our own. Where were we? Oh, okay. It's not, it's not the OG Cook County, Greg. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not the home of the nation. greatest NFL franchise. <laughs> also, the most corrupt government. <laughs> True. Hey, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have a priority set. But I remember just like in that retreat, there were over 60, 70 guys there. And it was just a yep. like crazy brotherhood. Mm. And uh-huh. I'm sad that we can't experience it at that level but if that's not what it's about like that's a secondary yeah. effect because yeah when sean was lounging all six foot seven of him in this bed like <laughs> heart receptive listening to me you, you like you pretty much could do a confession without no absolution you yeah. work through the thing and lowell seashore whom you guys we interviewed a couple of weeks ago like, yeah that guy is gifted man uh-huh he's 
It's very good. His relationship with Christ is like, I don't get it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if it's two, he's, he's got a direct line or something. Yeah. Like, he's got him They're on speed dial. friends. <laughs> <laughs> We've sat in a hot tub with Lowell. Oh, yeah. And, like, the guy, he's just a bro. <laughs> he's so, it's simple. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He makes it easy. He doesn't bullshit it. He just. Yeah. I really yeah. admire people like that, man. Yeah. yeah. People who seem to have, like, a, um, a direct line of communication with. With what's going on in <laughs> yeah. the other in the other realm, like I, I I feel like I'm I just struggle to like hear that. But it sounds like this. I, I've never met Lowell, but I be think cool. that's where we're going. It'll be cool week. to meet him next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be right good. Now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was such a good time. It was. Like, yeah, that freedom that you'll feel. I mean, I feel like you're going to re-encounter that freedom that you felt for your first confession. Yeah. It's it's incredible. Just the the freedom and the bondage that you break mm-hmm. during that retreat. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to. for you guys. Yeah. And there's a little, um, I don't know how to, it's like the prelude. There's a, <laughs> are you going to share this? No, and then off the mic, but it's like how you bond with other guys is you get very vulnerable, open about who you are. You wrestle? What? No, no. <laughs> oh, only with birds. There is wrestling. That, there was some wrestling. Yeah. Cuba Bursi or Malade. Malade and Cuba. Malade was, did you ever meet Malade? Mm-hmm. He's a good dude. Yeah. Uh, he took on Cuba in yeah. the snow. Yeah. Cuba's a unit. Yeah. yeah. And it was a tough battle. Yeah. <laughs> Malade's got... He's Lebanese balls. <laughs> uh, he, I think he's the oldest boy out of ten. <laughs> so, so he asserted yeah. his dominance. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. There's an encounter. No, Kuba was sort of like you know, was after a few beers, and like a cigar, and it wow. was. We're on this deck, 50, 60 guys, and we're like, what the what, what's, what's going, going on? We're just yeah. wrestling the snow. Kuba's kind of oh, like, love Stop. It. <laughs> yeah, he's just playing with them. <laughs> Dude, that's fun, man. Wrestling yeah. and. Uh, any sort of physical training like that, it's absolutely part of manhood, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah training MMA. I have not been for a while. Yeah, you haven't been? No. Nope. Me either. Time to, okay. to get back. My goal is to go during Lent. That's my huh. one of my Lent Jokes observations. Jokes on you, it started, Greg. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> when Lent comes around. <laughs> next Lent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next year. No, no, no. It's this Lent. <laughs> right now that's what i need to get back to yes all right so yeah so john we got the i mean we're we're kind of the the lifters of the sons of thunder yeah so like uh we we usually get in tussles with uh eric and jacob when we talk about lifting (laughs) they they do not like well jacob exercises a lot but eric comes from a his perspective on exercise is very different which i love but he and he will be open about this, and you can listen to our last podcast about it. The perception of weightlifting and bodybuilding for him is anathema. It's like, it's idolatrous, and I get vanity. That. It's vanity. Vanity, yeah. Because that's what it's presented as. Totally. Love of body and love of muscles. And I think those are both great things in proportion to your other loves. Yeah. But you were saying, Sean? About yeah. So, I mean, just having you guys, you guys are, you know, football players. You know, you guys enjoy lifting. <laughs> how does much. that how do you guys you know how do you guys approach that being you know christian men catholic guys like Ooh. what is the you know what are ways that you guys approach that because for me now i feel like i'm you know 
a dad now. So I'm, you know, building strength to spend on my kid. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how I, you know, approach lifting and, you know, doing, you know, building myself up to, to be a protector and to be, you know, more attractive to my wife and things like that. (laughs) (laughs) So what are ways like, you know, David, you're, you're doing strong man stuff. Like that's Mm -hmm. amazing. That's cool stuff. Like what, what drives you to do that? Like how, how does that play a role in your existence here? Yeah. So, um, when I was going through, uh, RCIA and I had to pick my, um, saints. Yeah. Um, I was really disappointed when Samson wasn't a saint. Really? Yeah. I wanted to pick him. I wanted to pick Samson. Um, and then, uh, my saint ended up being St. Christopher, who is a debated saint, um, but the patron saint of strength. Um, and, and I think, uh, and, and this kind of ties into a lot of stuff. When I took Chinese in high school, my, my name was Dao Wei, which means big protector. Nice. Um, and so I've kind of, and, and obviously with my single mom and everything, I, I've, uh, my brother's 5'11", 160. So, uh, what happened? How are you so big? I no idea. Um, That's awesome. My tallest re- relative is 6'2". So I, you know. That's I amazing. Know. You just um, took it. <laughs> yeah. just, no, his dad was tall. My dad was 5'11", dude. I thought your dad was 6'4". No, my dad was 5'11", oh, 270, okay. so he was a big dude, wow. but he wasn't tall. Unit. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> unit. Um, so I've always had this this idea that I should be strong, and that obviously didn't translate during high school or college, because I was a lazy piece of crap. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, um, I, 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 I have this different fuel inside of me. You know, I, I've got a different, um, you know, Strongman is something I want to do, but it's not my passion. Yeah, using my gifts for God is my passion, and um, you know, from from be, my saint being Saint Christopher, and uh, um, you know, my my nickname being quote unquote big protector. I've I've kind of gone at it as like not what I can become, but what God can make me. And yeah. so how my, 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 my quest, would you call it for, for being a strong man is not how strong can I get? It's how strong can I be for God? And yeah. it's really cool because in powerlifting and, 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 and bodybuilding and, and strong man in this area era where vanity is so in the forefront, like how good can I look? How strong can I be? There's so many people with the platform out there because it's so popular now. There's Definitely. so many people with a platform out there that don't use it for God. Yeah. And it's like, just think if we did, like think if all these people that were so concerned with being the perfect human realized that they were already perfect in God Yeah. and how much better they could get off of that. Totally. Like they could it's be true perfection. Yes. It's absolute perfection. Yes. You're, you're, he created you perfectly. And, yeah. and if you can g- grasp that and then think, okay, how can, how can I use that to, to, to praise him and in the way that he made me? Um, it, you know, it just, it just makes me want it. Like literally I watched that cheesy Samson movie on Netflix. There's a movie on Netflix about Samson and it's yeah. like, it's so poorly made, <laughs> but it's these moments where he like lifts the gates off of its hinges and, and kills 300 men or thousands of men. And yeah. Every time he sits down and prays, like, God, give me the strength. And it's uh-huh. so cheesy. It's so poorly made. But That's think sweet. if we attacked life with that, yeah. like, 
Cause that happened to Samson was real. Like yeah. God gave him that strength and yeah. we kind of take that for granted sometimes. Totally. And I'm not saying I'm going to be the next Samson. I'm not saying I'm going to lift 2000 pounds off the ground, but I want to see what I can do yeah. if I truly focus on God uh-huh. while I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And I always get made fun of a little bit because you know, when you're in, you're in the weight room, you have your, your music that you get pumped up to. You want to hit a big lift, right? Yeah. Um, my music I listen to during my big lift is worship music. Um, totally. Psalm, Psalm 46 yeah. by Shane and Shane is like my <laughs> pump up song. I love it. Um, oh, I've never heard that one. Yeah, it, it's good. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> Greg, listen to the organ. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I'll stick to Metallica and my finger death. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just that idea that like, we have this all powerful God and, uh-huh. and, and, and it's okay to choose lifting and, and, and all that it, in, in a way to glorify that as long as you make sure it's glorifying that as long yeah. as you don't let it get out of control. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's so funny how, you know, even when Michelangelo, like the Sistine Chapel and stuff, when you see the, when you see Adam and you see God, mm-hmm. you know, jacked, have the, all those muscles. Yeah. It's so interesting how you were talking about, you know, the Instagram dudes that are so good at lifting, mm-hmm. but they're just so, they're so close, but they're so far at yeah. the same time, <laughs> you know, they're, they're really good at perfecting their external and that's an amazing trait to have, but you can just tell that the, there, there is something missing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not beautiful. No, no, no. And that's not. where we see the whole person. That's why it's so funny that, that our culture is like, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on the health of my whole person, stuff like that. I'm going to do yoga for my spirituality and I'm going to, you know, work detox. out and detox and stuff like that. But it's just, <laughs> it's so close, Yeah, but it's so far yeah, at the is. same time. It's so close. But I bet if you put a picture of just a guy on stage for like, you know, Mr. Olympia mm-hmm. next to one of the Renaissance, I don't know, paintings he'd be like okay yeah. yeah clearly even though he doesn't have perfect proportion or aesthetic yeah. like, this one's objectively going to be more beautiful uh-huh. mm-hmm. and you can find those like we talked about this in the last podcast why yeah. i was originally drawn to bodybuilding is like well because i've never found a medium mm. so beautiful as the human form yeah and in like you can come in all different shapes and sizes whatever i'm not gonna say like being f- being fat is beautiful, like objectively <laughs> obese people. They're beautiful in different ways, but the mm-hmm. human body, when it's in that proper order, like you've been elaborating on it, yeah. it's, that's the beautiful part of it. Uh-huh. When you express God's gift within mm-hmm. you. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's similar to our faith life, like Greg, what you were mentioning, you know, like having someone have a direct line, you know, mm-hmm. that's so intoxicating and be like, Oh my goodness, I want that. Mm -hmm. But you know, having someone, you know, the gifts, God gives us so many different gifts Mm -hmm. and strength is one of them. And using that to glorify God and to, you know, get in touch with your spirituality is is another, especially us now. And there's something, I don't know if we have the time to talk about, we gotta have you guys on again. This would be great. (laughs) But especially I wanted to hit on earlier, the alpha man mentality, right? Because that's, it's a very cutting, it's trenchant, you know, like you see the Jockos who it's all stoic and earthly and it's like, um, who, uh, who Sisyphus kept pushing the rock up the hill and it's this infinite drudge and there's no overcoming. Yeah. But you, like I've found through my experiences and perhaps you guys can speak to this, that you need to have that mentality 
nowadays. And there's a there's a missing piece. Interestingly enough, Luki translates in German to large gap. Hmm. But I was wow. disappointed with that. I was like, you know, I'm like, that sounds stupid. I'm not a valley. <laughs> I did some more research, and it's closely linked to the English word lacuna, like missing piece. Hmm. I think that is something, like the missing piece nowadays, we can argue the philosophic reasoning behind that, but in Christianity, it's the masculine. Mm-hmm. It's the to better, for better or worse, it's muscular Christianity. Yeah. It's having yeah. this beautiful, and like people shit on it all the time. Like, no, no, be receptive, be beautiful, you know? Yeah. No, it, historically, there have been clergy who have spent their entire lives devoting to God. There have been monks praying, but there have also been warrior kings. David, Samson, yeah. Solomon. Like they, David was crazy. He danced, what, naked, half naked before the Ark of the Covenant? Yeah. Thumatically, just going off. And he, with that same spirit, he murdered tens of thousands of Philistines. Mm-hmm. Like We need to channel that, yep. especially, I think this is something the entire initiative for a podcast is trying to get behind, is you need to be strong as a male in the 21st century to yeah, do that. Yeah, unacceptable to not be strong. Unacceptable. Um, <laughs> I, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background is. Yeah. Um, weakness is not a virtue ever. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Like, it's not <laughs> yeah. a virtue. Yeah. So That's amazing. Um, <laughs> I, acceptance, um, tolerance... Those are all virtues in and of themselves. But when you let them become your God, you're wrong. Um, Strength, conviction are also virtues too. And this is something you and I, John, we talk about quite a lot. And it's it's absolutely lost in our generation of manhood. Um, Man, oh, I could go on about this for a long time. But... um, Please do. No, I can see no. your face getting all red. Yeah, no. Like Teddy Roosevelt uh, used to talk about just kind of the the initiative, um, the belief in America, and and what our country stands for. <clears throat> and I'm a fierce patriot, um, mm-hmm. and like we have a divine ordinance to absolutely serve everyone that we meet and be able to also um, protect and and dominate everything that we encounter right it's teddy roosevelt said speak softly and carry a big stick um in the bible it says i'm gonna mess this quote up but it's blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth and when you translate meek it means those who wield the biggest sword but but don't but know exactly when to use it right yeah yeah and yeah. and that and that is what you're called to do as a man it's not to be tolerant and understanding it's to be truth seeking it's to be serving it's to be caring it's to be absolutely the strongest that you possibly can be so um and that then <laughs> that's just absolutely been lost in in our culture and in christianity especially um, so 
Good quick but, anecdote about. I just get so. It's going to go like the most deadlift thing ever. ever. I, I get so fired up about this. <laughs> stuff, Dude, that's why I love you, Greg. <laughs> but Teddy Roosevelt, you know, he he had what smallpox or po- whatever, some disease, debilitating disease early on, and he came over just like he died in the Amazon hunting. Crazy dude. I, yeah, but. It, during his pregnant pregnancy, during his presidency, <laughs> he was pregnant with ideas. But he would invite just to blow off steam. He would invite professional boxers to box in the White House with him, and he would routinely kick their ass. I love it. Imagine losing to the president, and like your job yeah. is to box. box, and his job is to run the entire country and. Yeah. Uh, perhaps the world and he's just like i'm gonna beat you sonny man like this stuff gets me fired up because those kinds of figures are lost from our history as men especially right now um Mm -hmm. our culture prizes like Dwayne wade for um supporting his daughter who's going to become a transgender she's three yeah and, and you know my comments on that are something that i will keep to myself but like where have we gone wrong? Like, where have we lost our way of prizing the man who stands up in the face of adversity, who stands up for humanity, who stands up for strength and honor and truth? Like, why do we not glorify those people? Like, what the hell are we, do we want? Like, do we want greatness? Do we want to become what God's calling us to be? Or do we want to be a bunch of understanding and caring people for, for like, you want to be both, but you, you need to stand for for conviction and truth and honor and glory. And and I just don't see enough of that in our culture at all right Girl. now. And I hope to God and I'm I hope to God I'm on my way to getting there. But um you know, um I, that's my prayer, like is to be that man. Um What's stopping you? I I mean I feel like I'm on my way. Um and, and fear. <laughs> like let's let's say it like let's say it like it is. It's it's uh What's there to be afraid of? Nothing. I know that. No, but. you don't, because you still, you don't. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for adding me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> adding I, You, I joked earlier that I would bully you on the court, but you were damn right when you said I was lazy and soft, because you bullied me. And if you can do that to someone who's bigger than you, who can, who sure should push you around. Greg, I've seen you over and over and I know. over. No, you don't. No, I know. Cause I, I've been struggling with this stuff for years now, like the last probably four Nothing's years stopping you I, except for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we see that a lot. This is a weird head game, man. Like the Greg yeah. I know is nothing that's going on inside here. It's the, no, Greg Ebocker's yeah. like, you are the, the mensch, right? The warrior man, the ethos of all that we've been discussing. That, that's my goal: is to become the warrior poet. That's my that's my Freaking life love goal. Braveheart, God. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. That's that's what I want to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, cheers to the journey. Man. Yeah. Cheers. And I'm and I'm on my way. And it and I've just been dude, I've just been going to adoration like every day for the last like mm. <laughs> a couple of weeks. And I'm just like God make me into the man you're calling me to be like it's all it's my prayer right now like because uh-huh. i i can't do it without god um are you trying to take one big step or a lot of little steps a lot of little steps okay yeah and that's and that's that's the good little step is that mm-hmm. um yeah but yeah i i just I, i'm so sick of this man like i, I for any totally. man who's actually listening to this like i don't want to hear about your goddamn why? Like, you know, I, I, you know, I did a podcast with Austin Yoakum, um, 
for his company. And we talked a lot about finding your why. And in the last year, I've come to realize um, your why is nothing, man. Doing things for God and for your your brothers and sisters of this of this earth that is absolutely everything that is the goal of this that's all we have and do, this why this like this 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 new age kind of like thing it's like that is so insignificant to what you have to do as your duty as a man your duty as a christian and if you're not a christian it's like it's your duty to humanity um do what you're supposed to do you know exactly what that is that's what's screaming at you every day in your conscience i would call it god i don't care if you're an atheist whatever you know exactly what that is so do it it's always god I, I agree, but well, even for you, you were mentioning David about you lift. I, I just wanted. I think I, you're right, but I want to draw that distinction between mm-hmm. like for God and these greater, higher things. Those are your whys. It's just when you make it all natural. Like the reason why I'm getting out of bed is to better myself here, here, here. It always kind of relates back to self and these, yeah, really small, earthly whys are superficial and rootless, but right. why is it we're trying, you're trying to... I'm trying to articulate. It's elevate. impossible to articulate, but I'm right. trying. And yeah. this is our whole endeavor is to get men to realize this why is nothing other than the God himself. Exactly. Yeah. Dang, it's so hard <laughs> to express that. It like, is. You do, you do. You're doing a good job of it, though. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's... I'm rambling right now, but... Um, it's a great ramble. Thanks. Good ramble. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, it's, man, Joel, what Joel was saying about how God wants what you want, like your deepest, most, your most rooted desires, like God wants that and so much more. Like think like that concept is insane, man. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Like the greatest thing you can imagine and you're willing to sacrifice everything for it. God wants more than that. So, and, and that, those are the things that just give me hope for humanity. Like, some maybe one of us has a kid who who is brilliant and is going to. His dream is to. Um, you know, cancer. take us to the take us to the next solar system, and he actually freaking does it. Like. Yeah. Why the hell not us, man? Like, why not? Why not us? Yeah. Why? Like, believe in humanity. Believe in the gospel. Like, believe in God. And, and who knows what can happen to you, man? Yeah. Like, I, I'm so convicted in this, and I just, I, I don't get to share this much, so I really appreciate this platform getting to getting to say what, what I, this is what I think about all fucking day man yeah. <laughs> I sit in my fucking cubicle and I sell natural medicine and I'm thinking about this yeah and so um, <laughs> cheers to Greg man. cheers to Greg thank you. thank you thank you yeah it's amazing to hear just I love the no excuses mindset that you have thank you Sean. it's amazing thank I think that's something that I've really been struggling with just from my new year's resolution, Mm. you know, to get over my excuses and to just do and to just act 
and to just stop making excuses. Cause I feel like we live in such a world that there's just a million excuses. Yeah. And there's a million other things that we can do and there's a million reasons why not to, mm-hmm. well, I but mean, to just act and to just live and to just let, you know, let the Holy spirit inspire you and do it. Mm-hmm. Like we were talking to, to Lowell, and he's just, he talks to us about the just craziest things, how Holy Spirit just prompts him to go change the tires on his Jeep. And he's like, I don't need to change the tires on my Jeep, but he goes and does it. And then, you know, converts the guy that changes his tires. You know, <laughs> he just does it and doesn't, you know, listen to his excuses. It's crazy. Dude, that connection. Oh, it is. Uh, but we all have that, man. We all have that. We all have that. Like, yeah. it's not just Lowell. Like, no. that's something that's within all of us. It is. And, it's true. And that, that, that spirit, man, it is the it's spirit of Christ, the spirit of God, the spirit of humanity, like that's within you. That mm-hmm. is, that is within me. And it's something I've got to kind of let myself believe a lot of times. Totally. But that is within all of us. Like that, that thing, don't, don't let that shit die. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Especially in our early 20s. Yes, mm-hmm. man. So many people mm-hmm. fucking give that shit up and it just it kills them and it kills humanity. Like it, when you listen, when you don't listen to what you're supposed to do, when you don't listen to your conscience, when you don't listen to God, that kills humanity. That kills yeah. you. That kills John. That kills David. That kills Greg. Like that kill, That harms all of us, man. Yeah. <laughs> so... There's Greg going. <laughs> I love it. We gotta have you guys on. Yeah, this dude. has been one of the best podcasts <laughs> for us. I hope the, I hope, no, uh, for, the I, listener land dude, enjoys it. I mean, it's I, amazing. I, I just i i really i really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and share myself because i uh, i think about this stuff so much. I'm so passionate about this, man. Like, I want this to become my life. And, yeah. And. Um, um, I think I'm on my way, but just to get to have this opportunity right now, I'm 24 and I don't know fucking anything. Um, I I really can't wait to have this opportunity. Like, I I really appreciate this opportunity, yeah, man. Like you guys, thank you, thank You're you, welcome so much. You know where we are <laughs> yeah, every Monday night. Every Monday. There's no excuse, Greg. <laughs> Seriously, there's always extra room, guys. Yeah. 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 Well, to kind of feed off one thing Greg said, um, just about uh, kind of trying to not letting God make you, you know, who you're meant to be. And, um, sure. you know, I, I think it was Matthew Kelly, um, in one of his books, or, or I, I heard him speak a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he said, like, like humans, humans innately are smart. We're, we're smart human beings because we were made by God. He gave us the ability to think and have intellect. And, and if, if we decide something is worth our while and we want to pursue that, we're going to be decently good at that. Mm-hmm. There are some people out there, atheists out there, there um, people who don't have God or people think they know, even Christians, Catholics, that think they know best and pursue something that not isn't necessarily ordained for them. Um, they're still going to be pretty darn good at that thing if they give their all to it. Yeah. Um, but, but the person that God made us to be um, that we need to just accept and, and, and give everything to is still going to be like you said, a thousand times better than anybody we could make ourselves because he has this vision for us. And, and even if we we're, we're kind of in line with what he wants for us, um, but we haven't really let him take over, mm-hmm. we're still not going to be as good as he wants. Even, mm-hmm. even if our job is to be a dad and, and, and we haven't kind of accepted that he wants that for us and we just want it for ourselves, we could still be a great dad. But if we accept that from him, 
the person that we're meant to be is just so perfect in his will. Exactly. It's like you put up a wall right at Mm -hmm. the forefront of your God hole and you look at the hole and you're like, what the... This thing's really empty, man. And he's waiting right yeah. behind that wall. Yep. Like, like, no, come on, come on, come on. Just like, please turn around. <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? Why is this empty? I hate this. And then you hate God yeah. and all yeah. that stuff goes uh-huh. on. Yeah. Bro, yeah, that's, oh, man. I love what you just said, man. Like when you let a whole new element of it takes it, it, it just, it brings it into another stratosphere. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. realize like this is what you're willed and called to do right now. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, David. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I had a moment like that recently. Um, I don't know if you guys are both at uh, Dangerous Men, but there's there's this moment I think who it's it's coming up on two months ago now, where I was sitting in my room at like two in the morning on a weeknight, and I was I couldn't fall asleep, and there was a reason I was still up, um, and I just you know um, it, it was after a lot of pretty bad mistakes that I had made. I had fallen back into some old habits and, um, sitting on my bedroom floor, God came to me and broke me down to the point where I didn't know where I was. He, he deprived me of everything that I thought I was. And, and he, he made me almost, he made me new. He made me a new person in that moment because I was so like, I I couldn't tell you where I was or who I was in that moment. And that's what it took for him to come to me <laughs> and fill me up. Right. This moment where I said, God, I'm, I, I, I felt cause I, I had, I had willingly and knowingly pushed him away. And in that moment, I realized that because of that, I was nothing because of that. I was absolutely nothing without him. I could, I didn't know my name without him. And he came to me in that night and gave me my name and gave me who I was in him. The grace flowing is blowing my mind. It was unbelievable. And it's like, who cares if he went down this terrible path? It, like the minute he's there, the minute you let it in, it's like, boom, yeah. the yeah. game over, like yeah. restart. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. God. It's a hard concept to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to experience it. You just got to yeah. experience it. Man. Well, Be open to it. We've been vibing for a while <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you this yeah is, this we'll have to have you guys back on once uh i'm yeah eric and jacob are gonna be so jealous <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dude, it's amazing. Oh, when man. you take their spots <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i just appreciate the game yeah, like i awesome. said we cheers i wholeheartedly just appreciate the the opportunity to um Greg, it's reciprocated. (laughs) You're not a burden, dude. (laughs) You're not a burden. Like we like, we like having you here. Yes. We enjoyed listening to you talk. Thanks. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Well, you're an amazing man. You both are. Likewise. Yeah. To all everyone at the table. Uh Here's to the sons of thunder tonight. Cheers. 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 Okay. Amazing. Here's how we do it, guys. You say your names and signing off. This is Sean signing out. John. David. This is Greg. And we are the Sons of Thunder and guests. Peace. (laughs) Peace. (laughs) Sons of Thunder is a podcast for young men by young men about living a life centered around faith, fellowship, and fitness.